flying around. Little green peas from the ground, buttermilk biscuits, nice and brown. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Butter beans, peas, beets, and chard. Chickens running in the yard. Catfish frying in that lard. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Cast iron skillets, good and hot. Watch it steam and crack and pop. Cornbread bacon in that stove. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Pick them maters, good and ripe. Dropping black gang candy stripes. Look at 'em loading down those vines. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Good morning, and welcome to the Tennessee Farm Table, a show dedicated to the people of our community who produce, preserve, and prepare our regional foods. This is your hostess, Amy Campbell. That cute little theme song you just heard was performed and arranged by East Tennessee's own Emmy Sunshine. She's gotten to be very popular, and she's even sung on the Grand Old Opry. We're really proud of this young woman, and even more proud to say that she's from Monroe County, Tennessee. Today, we're setting the table with our little friends, the honeybee. I visit with Dee and Jim Brown, who are owners and operators of Honey Rock Herb Farm in Louisville, Tennessee. They've been keeping bees for over 40 years, and they're going to talk about how important these little critters are to all of us, how we can help attract these pollinators, and ways that we can protect them. I've also got some news and events that are agriculturally related, a potluck radio segment from Fred Sossman of Johnson City on the topic of hot slaw from Polk County, Tennessee. And if you're listening by the radio, I've got some good Ralph and Carter Stanley bluegrass music. We thank you so much for your good company this day, and we're so happy to have you join us at our Tennessee table. Now let's get started. We visit today with Dee and Jim Brown, who own and operate Honey Rock Herb Farm in Louisville, Tennessee. You can find Dee and Jim at the Miraville Farmer's Market during the growing season, and they host an annual open house every spring. They've been keeping bees for over 40 years, and they're going to talk with us today about them. So let's join them now. Well, Jim and Dee, good to see y'all again. Good to see you, Amy. We sure do have a big problem with our honeybees, and and I know that you all know a lot about it. Will you talk with us about that today? Well, yes, I'd like to. Thank uh, you. We, we've been beekeepers, uh, D&I and uh, Dee's father, Gerald, for close to 40 years now. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we, uh, we really try to keep up with what's going on. And uh, we've had as many as 20 hives, which is about all we could handle. And now we're down to two. And we've had problems the last several years. Uh, about keeping the bees. We'd have honey in the hive, but we wouldn't have any bees. And we just, and that was happening to a lot of uh, other local beekeepers around. So we were wondering, you know, wh- what's going on. So uh, now we're trying to figure out uh, uh, some things and, and it's become a problem nationally. 
uh, I saw a thing on TV the other day where nearly 40% of all the bees in this country, uh, the, the honeybees, have uh, are gone now. And that's just within the last few years. So uh, I've been reading articles, and it's been getting a lot more national attention, which is good, about what some of the problems are. It's it's more than just one thing. It's a combination of things. We've got a lot of, we've got the best beekeeping association in the state in Blount County. Uh, I guess that's my opinion, but we, it's a big group too. Uh, but I belonged uh, to that for nearly 40 years. We have, and uh, I brought up topics. I, I I don't use any chemicals on my bees. I'm organic. When we first started, that's what we did. We didn't use anything, and everything was great. And then uh, we had started having a mite problem, and they said we, we'd have to use chemicals and different uh, things that, that you order and put in your hives, and or we wouldn't have any bees. And they haven't helped me any more than when I didn't have use anything. So now we're not using anything at all uh, on our bees. And uh, they made it through the winter pretty good this year. But I think the uh, some of the things are just look at our lifestyles now. Now, uh, in 1945 uh, was when the honeybee population was at its largest in the United States, and since then we we have half that many honeybees. And uh, a part of that is from our culture. Uh, now uh, we've cleared off a lot of land and put subdivisions, and we're using uh, chemicals to kill all the weeds around. And uh, that's that's working on what the honeybees are using, and also we're we're growing big huge crops of soybeans or big huge crops of uh, uh, corn, and the honeybees don't even work those crops. And in uh, instead of a farmer used to back in the 40s and 50s, they would grow several different crops, and then your honeybees would work those crops that were coming in as well. So that's been a problem. Uh, one of the big problems are chemicals, uh, neonicotinoids, they're called. Uh, uh, they're in 80% of all the seeds in the world are used neonicotinoids, and it's a nicotine product. And it's kill, it gets it's systemic and it gets into the plant, and it, the whole plant is toxic. And the bees will get on the get the pollen, or the, even when it rains, they might get some of the water with them, and. Uh, it, it messes up their navigation system. They can't find their way back. Or they'll bring some back and, and some of the other bees will get a hold of it. And, and you get in your hive and you don't have any bees. And you, and you got plenty of honey and then what happened to the bees? So there's a lot of research in that going on right now. And some of the countries in Europe have, have banned neonicotinoids altogether. And there's a couple of states that are working on that too. Washington and Oregon, uh, where they're, they have, a, a, you know, of course, apples which has to be pollinated with bees. That's a big, big thing out there. So they're they're looking into that about uh, uh, doing away with, with those kind of chemicals. So we know that's a combination of what's going on. Uh, so it's a, it's a, there's a lot of different things uh, that's happened to us over the years. And uh, uh, hopefully, hopefully it's getting enough attention that, uh, uh, that we can do something about our, our situation because if everybody uh, realizes it, you're paying a whole lot more for honey than you used to. <laughs> it's very expensive. Yes, sir. 
If you've just joined us, you're listening to an interview with Dee and Jim Brown. They own and run Honey Rock Herb Farm in Louisville, Tennessee. We're talking about honeybees and what we can do to support our beekeepers and to improve the honeybee population. After the short break, we'll hear tips that Jim shares with us on what we can do to improve the health of the honeybee in our region. And here are some things that are agriculturally related upcoming in our area. And links to all this stuff is on my website, TennesseeFarmTable.com, under the link that says Listen to the Show. The Citizens Against the Pellissippi Parkway Extension, abbreviated as CAP, will host their 16th annual Chili Fest. That's today, February 3rd, from the hours of 4 p.m. until 7 p.m. at the Smith Life Event Center. That's at 1404 Tuckalee Pike, Maryville, Tennessee, with homemade quesadillas, a bake sale, door prizes, and a chili competition. Details about this event by visiting saveitdon'tpaveit.org or by calling Susan Keller at 865-982-4267. The Blount County Beekeepers Association in Maryville, Tennessee will present Beekeeping 101, a one-day course designed to help participants get started in beekeeping. The location of this event will be the Maryville Church of Christ, which is across from Foothills Mall. There is no charge for this event. It's free to the public and no pre-registration is required. This one-day course will cover topics on bee biology, setting up an apiary, tools and protective gear, installing bees in your hive, where to get bees, extracting honey, and tips from the experts. There will be a lunch break and you're welcome to bring a sack lunch or to get something from one of the eating establishments around the location. More information by phone at 865-566-3690 or online at bluntbees.wordpress.com. They like to say this, with all the problems the bees are having these days, one of the things the world needs more of is beekeepers. The Maryville Farmers Market will host its annual meeting on Sunday, February 11th at 2 p.m. at the Maryville Municipal Building at 400 West Broadway. City Manager Greg McLean will be the guest speaker and additional topics covered will be the 2018 vendor applications, news for the 2018 season, and new board members. There will be door prizes, refreshments, and more. Details and information at Maryville Farmers Market on Facebook. Links to all these events can be found in one location, again, at TennesseeFarmTable.com under the link that says, Listen to the Show. And let's return now to our interview with Dee and Jim Brown from Honey Rock Herb Farm. Jim's going to let us know steps that we can take as individuals to try to help our local honeybees survive. For people that are listening and concerned about the honeybees and want to do as much as they can, what are some things that can help? Well, you can buy organic plants. there's a lot of people around that sell them now. Uh, we do, ours are organic. Uh, you can get organic seeds. There's some good seed companies that, that, that are still putting seeds out there that aren't uh, GMO'd or, or 
anything else. Uh, they're just organic. And see, it's, uh, one place that we buy seeds from lots of times is Johnny's Seeds. They're out of Maine. It's still a good family organization. Uh, I think there's a place in Asheville we've looked at, uh, So True Seeds. Uh, they're organic and they're local. Uh, and there's a Seed Savers Exchange. There's a lot that you still can go to, but, but be aware uh, you know, of, of, of what's going on about your seeds. And uh, of course, there, there are, are, are uh, plants that you can buy that are organic. A lot of your nurseries are starting to sell more of them. So that's a good thing too. Why does it matter if it's organic or not in the plant? Do they still pollinate it? Well, they do pollinate it, but it's just, uh, it, it builds up in the bees lots of times. It just depends. You don't know what, what's been sprayed on them. And if it's organic or you know the, the farmer or the, or the grower, then you know what's in your plant. And uh, a lot of these things, if, if, if you just think about it, if, if these things affect a little tiny honeybee, these neonicotinoids, some of these other insecticides, affect them to where they can't navigate or they can't remember how to get back, What's it going to do to us, uh, humans, that are ingesting a lot of the same stuff in fast foods and things that come from other countries uh, like that? So, I mean, over the long period of time, uh, we've got to be affected just like the honeybees. So that's why it's good to get organic, grow your own. Uh, That's the best thing if you can have a small garden and grow a lot of your own uh, plants, uh, lettuces and, and, and tomatoes. Uh, stuff like that are very easy to grow in a small containers or small area and you've got it and you know what it what's in it and mm-hmm. it's going to be a lot healthier for you you can also uh, of course buy organic food uh, our farmers market uh, sells a lot of, of food that's uh, don't don't use any insecticides or fertilizers uh, chemicals it's becoming a bigger a bigger deal now uh, there's so if you can do that, it, it supports the farmers. It, it helps them uh, remain uh, uh, true and, and, and stay organic and not use all these pesticides and herbicides. And it lets them diversify and grow other products besides just soybeans and corn and, and cotton and things like that. Well, absolutely. You can, of course, not use uh, uh, any kind of chemical uh, sprays on your plants or anything around them uh, like roundup and stuff like that uh, if you need if you have a problem with something being chewed on in the garden you can always use a row cover floating row cover works uh, we have to put that especially around our uh, eggplant because uh, a lot of little mites and stuff like to chew on the leaves of the eggplant but it, all we do is put the row cover over it so they can't get to it and also uh, there are some things that you can use like an, uh, an insecticidal soap, which is just a soap and it's organic. Uh, if you have to have a problem, especially with house plants, if they get uh, aphids or something like that, and it all that does is coat the uh, the the pest uh, on their because they breathe through their skin, and that kind of smothers them. And it's perfectly organic, perfectly safe, and you can just you know of course wash them. Uh, but you, a lot of plants you don't have they can take a lot of loss leaves uh, losing leaves and chewed up before they're really hurt so you don't have to just first sight of seeing something go jump and, and grab the spray bottle so just that, that's one thing you can plant plants that are beneficial to honeybees especially uh, since we're a herb farm we know that that certain herbs like anise hyssop is very good for for uh, honeybees 
thyme uh, has a lot of flowers that the bees like to work. Basil, there's mints, of course, and of course lots of flowers that, that are out there that they, they like to work. You know, coneflower is a good one. Uh, but things like that, you can, you can go on, on, site, on the website, of, uh, on the internet anymore, and just call up uh, plants, beneficial plants for honeybees. And they have a huge long list of different plants that they like. So that's one thing that you could do, plant those, and they're pretty in the garden, and they're nice, and, and you can use them. So that's, that's another thing that you can do. Well, Jim, thank you for helping us know how we can better help with this problem with our honeybees. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you, Katie. And you've been listening to an interview with Dee and Jim Brown, owners of Honey Rock Herb Farm in Louisville, Tennessee. For their contact information and a complete list of other beekeepers in our area, along with information of other beekeepers in several Tennessee counties and where to buy local honey, more information at tennesseefarmtable.com. Just look for the link that says beekeeping. And coming up, we have Fred Saussman with a potluck radio segment on Polk County, Tennessee hot slaw. This is Potluck Radio. I'm Fred Saussman. Polk County in southeast Tennessee is known for outdoor recreation on the Ocoee River and in the Cherokee National Forest, but it also has a more obscure calling card, hot slaw. It's cabbage chopped very fine, almost like relish, and it's spicy and yellow, and it doesn't look very appetizing uh, when you first see it, but it's got a bite. Meg Guy grew up eating hot slaw, a specialty of Watson's Grocery in Benton, Tennessee. It was the only grocery store we had in any of the small towns right there on that side of the county. And that was the store we went to as kids, and we would always buy that stuff for picnics or especially, you know, hot dog suppers or weenie roasts or that sort of thing. It's great with hot dogs. That's also my family's favorite way of eating it. Good on barbecue or as a side with barbecue. You can just put a spoonful of it on your plate and eat plain. Cabbage, mustard, mayonnaise, and pickled jalapenos are the ingredients for Polk County hot slaw, along with the all-important brine from the pepper jars. Polk County hot slaw has a distinct flavor that's unlike any other slaw because of the jalapenos, and especially that sweet, salty, spicy brine. As far as I know, Polk County is the only place to find this kind of hot slaw. Um, I know people from surrounding counties come, so Bradley County, McMinn County, Monroe County, you know, they come specifically to Polk County to get hot slaw because it's the only place they can find it. My parents had let me know that they had been buying it at the local grocery store. I mean, we're a one stoplight town and one grocery store town, you know, small grocery store, that they'd been buying it for over 40 years. Podluck Radio is a production of WETS-FM in Johnson City, Tennessee. This is Alan Benton, and you're listening to the Tennessee Farm Table. Thank you so much for your great company here today on the Tennessee Farm Table. 
hope you can join us again right back here next Saturday at 9 a.m. on the radio dial at WDVX.com out in Knoxville or anytime on our podcast, TennesseeFarmTable.com. Our theme song was written by myself and sung, arranged, and performed by Emmy Sunshine of East Tennessee. More information about Emmy Sunshine at TheEmmySunshine.com. That is spelled T-H-E-E-M-I Sunshine.com. We hope you'll reach out and connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, and also our podcast on TennesseeFarmTable.com. And please tell your friends about us. We want to say thank you to WDVX Radio out of Knoxville, Tennessee. They are a true community-supported radio station that does not receive funding from universities or government agencies. The community and businesses support WDVX. Through an agreement with WDVX, they are our media partner, and the Tennessee Farm Table Show is broadcast on that station every Saturday at 9 a.m. We hope you have a good week and keep on digging. This has been a Campbell Creative Incorporated production.